You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study, where we get together for 1% of our day, we study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You can check us out at soh.church. Download the Sound of Heaven app. Just go anywhere where you get your apps and type in Sound of Heaven. It won't be hard to find. And lastly, but certainly not least, if you are listening anywhere where you get podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, and that helps out a ton. Plus, make sure you don't miss anything uh, because we are in an awesome study through the Gospel of Matthew. I hope you are enjoying it. If you recall, we are in Matthew chapter 4 right now, and we're diving pretty deep, and we're hanging in this area. We're hanging with Jesus in the wilderness. Prior to this, in Matthew chapter 3, we find Jesus baptized. And why is that a pivotal moment in his ministry? He is baptized, submerged into the water, and when he comes out, the voice of God says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Very powerful moment because God recognizes and acknowledges him and shows his love for him and bestows his spirit upon him. And that is a critical moment in all of our lives to come to the point where we realize how much God loves us. And it's when we have a healthy understanding of that, that we can begin to face the trials and the tribulations and our own wilderness in our life, because all of us go through times of transition where we're going from one place to the next and the in-between, where there is some uncertainty, where there is some discomfort, where it's sometimes easier just to turn back to the way that we came. That's the wilderness. And that's where Jesus goes first. He doesn't go to some place of grandeur. He goes into the wilderness to be tested. And if you remember yesterday, the devil attacks Jesus first by saying this, if you are the son of God, Jesus had been uh, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. He was weak. He was tired. And here comes the devil. And he says, if you are the son of God, trying to place doubt, he says, turn these stones into bread. Now, Jesus could do it. He could have done it. I'm sure it was very tempting to do it. If you hadn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights, you'd be looking to turn something into bread too. But Jesus stayed strong. Jesus knew that his time of pain, his time of being in the wilderness, paled in comparison to the mission that was on his life. And that's what I pray over you today, is that you realize that even if you're in the wilderness, the message, the challenge that you are going through this season of what? Protection, season of preparation that will prepare you to go to the next level and that you would recall that God's got a bigger plan for your life than the struggle that you're going through right now. And Jesus turns to him and he says, man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
And what Jesus does is he takes those words that were straight out of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy was the letter that Moses wrote to the Israelites when he realized he wasn't going with them into the promised land. And he reminds them that they were, that God allowed them to be tested in the wilderness and that they should not live on bread alone, but on the words of God. And the Israelites, they doubted God and they paid the price for it. And that price was delay. We have to ask ourselves if we want Jesus time or we want Israel time. Jesus' time is 40 days. Israel' time was 40 years. And the difference, staying strong or operating in fear and doubt. And if you remember, we went from De- Deuteronomy back to even Exodus. And in Exodus, when it, it showed what, what happened when they left Egypt, they took all the stuff from Egypt. And about 75 days in, they start running short on supplies. So now that they're not still you know, living off of Egypt, living off of the past, and they have to start trusting God, they start doubting. And I just want to hit this this point home because the enemy will try to get you to doubt your identity and try to get you to doubt God's provision over your life. And that will lead to delay. And it did for the Israelites. It took them a long time to trust God enough 40 years. Let's not make that us. Amen. So let's continue today because the stone and bread trick didn't work. Jesus put God's word right back. But the enemy, trying to be crafty, continues. Let's read. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Here we go again. Verse 6. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord, your God to the test. So here comes the devil again, right away, going for Jesus's identity. And, and that will come up time and time again. How many times does God come through for you? But the second that challenges come about, you start to doubt him. You start to doubt you. This is what the devil is banking on, right? That Jesus is going to start to doubt who he is, but Jesus doesn't. So the devil doubles down. And what does he do? He tries to use God's word against him. And he says, throw yourself down. He will command his angels concerning you, and then he will lift you up in their hands so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. What is he referring to here? He's actually reading Psalm 91 to Jesus. And that is quite ironic because Psalm 91, if you read the whole thing through, and I recommend that you do, That is a psalm which should give us no doubt that God has our back. But we have to understand that God protects us out of his love, not his obedience. So I want to read Psalm 91 to you. It says, starting with verse 9, 
because you have made the Lord your dwelling, my refuge, the most high, no evil will befall you. No plague will approach your tent for he will command his angels concerning you in all your ways. He will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Exactly what the devil just said. Verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. So this word that God gave to his people, the devil is now trying to use what? Out of context. And that's one of the things that I think is so important that when we read scripture, we read it in the proper context. Why? Because if we don't, we cherry pick it and we make it whatever we want. And if Jesus wanted to succumb to his hunger, succumb to the frustration of being in the wilderness, he could have, he could have tried to do it and said, yeah, let me, let me prove this. But that is not the relationship we are supposed to have with God. I mean, find me a relationship where there's always one person demanding proof that the other loves them. And I'll show you a relationship that's stuck. I'll show you a relationship that doesn't get off of level one. And the temptation here is to force God's hand to listen to the voice that says, oh, yeah, prove it. You love me? Prove it. And again, it's interesting that he would try to twist Psalm 91, one that's supposed to make us so confident. But the temptation is to create a crisis that doesn't even need to exist. And that's what causes delay, because when we get insecure with who we are and we cause drama in our lives, it causes delay. And then we get on Israel time, the 40 years instead of Jesus time, the 40 days. And that's my prayer for you today is that you would have less delay in your life. Let's go back and see what Jesus, okay. Jesus then answers, right? He says, it is also written, do not test the Lord, your God. What is he referring to here? We've got to go back to Deuteronomy chapter six. He goes right back to the words of Moses. Again, a lot of what Jesus is going through. Moses was a type and shadow. God sent great men and women to be examples of what of characteristics to look for that would be in perfect form through the Messiah. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 16. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land large and flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, and wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant, then you will eat and you are satisfied. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. So he's telling them, when you get there, don't forget God. (laughs) When we finally make it, don't forget God. And he says, fear the Lord and serve him and take your oaths in his name. Don't follow other gods. The Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God and his anger will burn against you and he'll destroy you in the face of the land. A lot of hyperbolic language here. And then Moses says, don't put your Lord God to the test as you did in Massa. 
What is he talking about here? We'll go back to Exodus. Remember, Deuteronomy, the letter from Moses to the Israelites. Exodus is the account of Israel exiting. And I hope you follow me here. I did a whole teaching on this. I'll, I'll post it um, where I can go a little bit more in depth, but I want to I want to try to do this in decent time here. But in Exodus chapter 17, we see the Israelites once again murmuring. They're thirsty. Exodus, we'll just read one through seven here. The whole Israelite community set out to the desert of Sin. Traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I going to do with these people? They're ready to stone me. And then the Lord answered Moses. He says, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand a staff and strike the Nile, which you strike the Nile and go and stand there before the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock and the the water will come out of it for the people to drink. So the Moses Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Masa and Meribah. Masa and Meribah mean uh, testing and quarreling, in the place of testing and quarreling where the Israelites were actually murmuring and fighting. And this last line here, I've got to read it. It says, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not. And as we close here with our 1%, we see Jesus mentioning exactly this, right? He goes to the devil. He says, it's also written, don't test the Lord, your God. And he reminds Satan of what happened to the Israelites and how he's saying, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm not going to let the delay happen of doubt in my life because God promised the Israelites that he would provide for them. All they had to do was keep walking. All you have to do in your life is to trust God and keep walking and close that cycle of sabotage. We get addicted to the cycle of destruction and redemption, right? We succumb to the temptation to test God and put ourselves into crises that we don't need to be in. And then what happens? We fall and we, and God loves us. So he's going to pick us back up, but we can spend so many years in that cycle of destruction and redemption and destruction and redemption. Why? Because we don't realize how much God loves us. And we almost need that. Hey, I fell down, pick me up again. But God wants you to get past that. Amen. See, the challenge, and I'll leave you with this. The challenge that the Israelites had is they thought that they were walking to their victory. The Israelites were walking with their victory. And I want to say the same thing about you. 
You are not walking to your victory like it's a destination. Wherever you go today, you are walking with your victory. So whether you are at the highest point of the mountain, whether you are in the lowest valley, whether you are in the wilderness, the victory of God is on you. The question is, do you want to get where you're going in 40 days or 40 years? Because God will be with you there every second. But if you trust him, you will get where you need to go a lot quicker. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your protection. And that's what the enemy was trying to get Jesus to uh, doubt in this. Doubt your protection. Father, I pray that there'll be no more drama, no more forced crises in our life, Lord God, but that we would trust you with our life, that we wouldn't need to always fall down and get back up. But we know that you're faithful to pick us up, Lord God, but we want to stand strong in what we do and walk boldly to the other side. Father, for every single person within the sound of my voice in the wilderness right now, just fill their heart with hope, knowing that you are there with provision, with provision and protection over their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. You are listening to the 1% Christian. We are going to close out Matthew chapter 4. Maybe might take us two more days. We will take our time because I want you to get this message that God loves you. He provides for you. He protects you. And he is with you every step of the way. Amen. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow.